Dracula. I am Dracula. And I bid you welcome, Mr. Hart, to my heart. Come Our first award goes to the vampires for most blood drained in a single evening. The strength of the vampire is that people will not believe in him. sun is going down and you know what that means. It's time for me to record another episode of my podcast, The Beautiful Dead. As always, I'm your host, Lena Nazari. The quickest way to find me is to go to lenanazari.com. And you know what? I haven't spelled it in a while. So it's N-A-Z-A-R-E-I. That's how you spell my last name. Go to that website. You can find ways to contact me. You can find links to my social media. You can find ways to join my street team as well as my fanged family. So why join my fanged family, you might ask? Well, now's a good time to be in my fanged family because they hear everything first. The street team actually hears it first, and then I go right to my fanged family within minutes to let them know. And they got to find out a week ago that not only is the third book uh, currently being worked on at the publishers and prepared for sale, but we changed the title. That's right. So originally the third book was called Undead Consequence, and we've stuck with that for quite some time. However, in discussing it with some friends of mine, as well as my publisher, who said the very same thing my friends did, Uh, We decided that we were going to change the title. We were going to stick with the theme. You know, we had Bite Shift, Code Blood. They were two short, one-syllable words. One was vampire-related, one was medical-related. So we decided to stick with that theme um, also because Undead Consequence was going to be jammed, kind of squished onto the cover, and um, we don't want to do that. We want to stick with our theme. So it is now called, wait for it, Fatal Curse. Fatal Curse. That is the third book. Uh, I am waiting to see the cover. They've been working on it for about a week. I should see the first concept within a week. If you want to see the cover before anybody else, you have to join my street team or my fanged family because they see it well before it is put on social media, uh, well before anything. So that is the way to do that. There's really not much more to say. I already said this to YouTube, but I'll say this to my podcast listeners. I am still fighting a little funk. So I have my I have my vampire tea with me. This evening I'm doing Umbella Lugosi's Ashes. And this is caffeinated. This one is caffeinated. I'm trying to work through the um, grogginess of the cold medicine. But this is black tea with coconut and chunks of cinnamon and apple, and it is delicious. It's exactly what I need, perfect for when your throat doesn't feel so good or you just need to feel some warm comfort from the inside and you don't have some hot blood near you, I have vampire tea. So it's in my Snoopy vampire, my Snoopy Dracula cup. People on YouTube get to see it. Um, People on 
just listening to the podcast, you're just going to have to imagine it. But I will put the link for Vampire Tea in the YouTube video description. They're not sponsoring me. I just love Vampire Tea. So moving on. Tonight, we are talking about Priest. So I will admit, I like to tell people I've seen everything. I obviously have not seen everything there is to see. That's ridiculous. Priest has been on my periphery for quite some time. It's been on my list since I started this podcast three years ago. So I knew eventually I was going to sit down and watch it. And it actually has been requested many times. So I thought it's time to do it. Uh, let's jump in. Let's watch Priest. The worst thing that happens is it's bad and I get to smash it. And then we get to look at some IMDb <laughs> review titles, which is my favorite thing to do. Uh, but I, I do it for you all. I do it because that is what I'm committed to doing. So I watched Priest. Let's get into it. We're going to go ahead and do the summary. For those of you who have never listened to the podcast before, massive spoiler alerts. I ruin everything. I tell you the ending. I tell you who dies, who kills him, who hooks up with who, who breaks up with who, who gets pregnant. I tell you everything. So be forewarned. Now we're going to do a quick summary for people who have not seen the movie and want to follow along with what I'm talking about or have seen the movie but just can't remember what happened. So we're going to go ahead and refresh our memories. A centuries-long war between humans and vampires has devastated the planet's surface and led to a theocracy under an organization called the Church. Despite the vampire's vulnerability to sunlight and all of mankind's technological advances, the vampire's great strength and speed made them impossible to defeat until humanity sheltered them in giant walled cities and trained a group of elite warriors called the priests who turned the tides. In the opening scene, a group of priests enter Solamira Hive, but are ambushed by the vampires. As they attempt to retreat, one of their numbers is seized from behind and their leader tries to pull him to safety, but is forced to let go and watch him being dragged screaming back into the hive. Years later, the majority of the vampires have been killed, while the remainder were placed in reservations. With the war over, the clergy disbanded the priests. Outside the walled city, some humans seek out a living free from the totalitarian control of the church. Priest is approached by Hicks, the town sheriff of a free town, Augustine. Priest learns that his brother Owen and Owen's wife Shannon, Priest's girlfriend before he was recruited by the clergy, were mortally wounded in a vampire attack and Priest's niece Lucy was kidnapped. Hicks asks for the priest's help in rescuing Lucy. Priest asks, asks the church to reinstate his authority, but leader Monsignor Aurelius does not believe the vampire's story and refuses, insisting on maintaining the common belief that the vampires have been completely defeated for fear of compromising the church's authority. Priest defiantly leaves the city, and Aurelius sends three priests and a priestess to bring him back. Following along so far? Okay. Priest and Hicks arrive at Nightshade Reservation where the humans called familiars, people infected with a pathogen that makes them subservient to the vampires, live alongside a number of the surviving vampires. After a fierce battle, the pair discovers that most of the vampires have taken shelter in Solamira, which was thought to have been abandoned after the war. 
Priestess, one of Priest's team during the final attack on the Hive, joins them at Solomira. The trio destroys a Hive guardian vampire, then discovers that the vampires have bred a new army and dug a tunnel out of the mountain towards a town called Jericho. The other three priests have arrived at Jericho just as night falls and an armored train arrives, unleashing hundreds of vampires upon the population. The vampires are led by a powerful and mysterious human wearing a black hat. When the three priests reject Black Hat's offer to join him, he kills them all. The next morning, Priest, Priestess, and Hicks arrive in Jericho and discover the town empty and the three dead priests crucified. The priest and Priestess share an intimate moment where she confesses her feelings for him, hoping that now that Shannon is di has died, he would no longer feel bound to her. Priest gently refuses. Priest realizes that the vampires have been using the trains to travel by day and attack the free towns by night and the walled cities at the end of the train line. Hicks believes the cities are likewise protected by the sun, but Priest explains that the city's massive clouds of smoke and ash have permanently deprived them of sunlight. If the train reaches one of the cities, the attack will be a slaughter. Hicks, who is in love with Lucy, threatens Priest, believing that Priest intends to kill her if she has been infected by the vampires. Priestess explains that he cannot do so because Lucy is actually Priest's daughter, and that Owen stepped in as husband and father when Priest was taken by the church. Lucy was never told the truth about her parentage. While Priestess rushes ahead to plant a bomb on the railroad tracks, Priest and Hicks board the train to rescue Lucy. Battling vampires and familiars, the two are finally overpowered by Black Hat just as they find Lucy. Black Hat is revealed to be the priest in the beginning who was lost in the attack on Solomira. After being captured, the vampire queen shared her blood with him, creating the first human-vampire hybrid who can survive the sun. As Priest fights Black Hat, Lucy discovers the truth about her parentage. You are the father. I had to do a Mori reference. I couldn't help myself. On the tracks ahead of the train, Priestess battles several familiars, but one of them destroys the detonator for the explosives. Instead, she mounts the explosives on her motorbike and drives them into the train engine. The explosion and subsequent derailment kills the vampires and engulfs Black Hat in flames, while Hicks, Priest, Priestess and Lucy are able to escape. Priest returns to the city and confronts Monsignor Aurelius during mass, telling him of the burnt train containing the vampire's bodies, but not the queen's. He proves this by throwing a vampire head onto the floor and shocking everyone in the room. Aurelius still refuses to believe him, declaring that the war is over, while Priest says it's just the beginning. Outside the city, Priest meets Priestess, who confirms that the other priests have been notified and will meet them at the rendezvous point. Priest sets off into the sunset. Okay, I hope you could follow along with all of that. A lot happened in this movie very quickly, and we'll talk about that a little bit, but first I need a sip. Oh my goodness. I'm sounding very husky, even to myself, I'm sounding very husky. I don't know if you guys like it, let me know. 
Okay, vampiric references and crossovers. So Cam, oh, I don't know how to say his name. Gigaday, Gigadon, I'm assuming it's French, uh, was James in Twilight. So he was the, if you remember the three bad vampires in Twilight that were tracking Bella, he was the um, blonde who's killed and then the girlfriend comes after them for revenge. Uh, he plays Hicks in this, the sheriff. Christopher Plummer, who plays the Monsignor, was Van Helsing in Dracula 2000. Brad Dorif, who has like a quick cameo as the salesman. You guys will know him as the voice of Chucky. He was in a short called The Living and then also in a, the TV series of The Hunger. We all know The Hunger. I already covered it, but this is the TV series. And... Priest's brother, Owen, is played by none other than Stephen Moyer, who is Vampire Bill from True Blood. So some familiar vampire faces in this movie. A little trivia. So Brad Dorff's character originally was actually going to appear again in the second half of the film as another vampire-human hybrid. However, because the actor was only available for two days, they did have to kill off his character. But I thought that was interesting. That would have been fun to see him come back. What are their relationships to humans? So I tried to, you kind of got this in the summary, but let me explain. The opening of the film explains that over centuries, humans and vampires have existed on this earth at the same time. And they have been battling it out back, like the tide, pushing them back, pushing them forward, pushing them back, push. So that, that's what they've been doing this whole time. And eventually what happens is these priests kind of arise amongst the humans and um, are found to have the powers necessary to fight the vampires, are trained by the church and then um, fight the vampires back, kill a lot of them, and the ones that remain are put on reservations. Also, in this world, there are familiars, like I said, and these are humans that have been bitten and infected by the toxin that the vampires release in their uh, saliva, I guess, um, and they are turned into familiars, and they are all bald with icy blue irises, very pale skin, rotting teeth. So you know right away that that's a familiar. And if I understand the summary correctly, when you're turned into a familiar, you have no choice but to follow these vampires. So you become slave immediately. All right, so let's talk about appearance. So there are two types of vampires in this world. I will refer to them as the hybrid and the masters. There's only one hybrid. It's Black Hat. We talked about this. And he is exactly what you would expect him to look like. He is human looking with two sharp fangs and amber colored eyes. Um, pretty standard, right? Now, the masters are the actual race of vampire, the ones that were born vampires. And I don't exactly know how to describe these. I'm going to do my very best. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to post a picture. If you're just listening, then I encourage you to either Google vampires in priest or just go to the YouTube video and, and watch long enough to see what they look like because I'm not going to do this justice, but let's describe them. They are almost bestial and they are they have this gray like slick looking skin 
and they have um they walk either on fours they run on fours and jump on fours but then sometimes you see them upright on their back legs they walk on two they have three digits on each hand i didn't pay attention if we saw the feet i didn't notice but they have three digits on each hand that have long sharp fingernails and then the head is just there's just a mouth on it there's no ears, no nose, no eyes, nothing, just a mouthful of sharp teeth. And I know you're probably having trouble envisioning what I'm talking about, which is why I'm saying this is one of the times where I'm going to tell you, just go look up a picture because it's very hard to describe. Moving on, the fangs. So like I said, the hybrid has two sharp canines like we expect. As far as I can tell, they do not retract. Every time we see him, he has fangs. Now, the masters have two long, very long curved fangs on top and then two on the bottom. So they are also different. Blood, absolutely. These vampires, all of them drink blood and we never see them eat food. So as far as I know, this is an all blood diet for these vampires. Sunlight. Now, the master vamps cannot be out in the sunlight, and we see this referenced a few times. However, the hybrid can be out in the sunlight, and that's one of the reasons why he's such a danger, because he's this new evolution of vampire, and he can be in the sun, so he doesn't have the weaknesses of the masters. Sleep. So the masters sleep, when they go to the reservation, we see the masters in like a concrete tomb, and it's underground. So uh, when we see them in their hive, they're in this hive, and this is a good time to talk about hives. So the uh, masters excrete this glue-like substance and they use that to build these hives. And so picture a big mound rising out of the ground and inside are these tiny um, uh, caverns, I guess is the best way to describe them. And then there's like a tunnel system underneath and the vampires sleep in these tiny little uh, caverns inside the hive. As far as the hybrid, he could sleep anywhere he wants to because he doesn't have to be out of the sunlight. I don't even know if he does sleep. We've never, we don't see him sleep at all. Holy items. We actually see a lot of crosses in this, but the crosses that we see pretty much turn into weapons so there's like these little silver crosses that turn into throwing stars and then there's a cross that uh, he pulls and uh, retrieves a blade out of it and the priests have cross tattoos on their forehead down their nose and that's how you know that they are priests but the vampires are still attacking so clearly the religious idolatry does nothing to the vampires it just is more symbolic than anything else rules. It looks like these vampires can cross thresholds without a problem because they kidnap this girl from her home. We never see them in mirrors or crossing running water or anything like that. But I feel like, I, I feel pretty strong that I can tell you that these vampires don't have any rules. They can pretty much go anywhere they want to and do whatever they want to, as long as it's not in the sunlight. Powers. They are fast, strong, and agile. That is pretty much all that we see. Um, the priest even explains to the sheriff, you don't shoot where they're at, you shoot where they're going to be because they move so fast. But they don't have like any kind of mesmerization or anything like that. Just fast, strong, and very agile. And we see them jumping 
a lot uh, very quick. How are they made? So the masters, like I said, they are born that way. This race has been around as long as humankind, if not longer than humankind. Uh, however, the hybrid, like we said, um, this man gets pulled into the hive. We see him being bitten by several of the masters and then the queen comes and shares her blood. So I don't know if you have to be bitten prior or um, it just is the sharing of the blood. Um, but he is now turned into this vampire hybrid. Now, we don't know if only the queen can make them or if he could now share his blood and create a hybrid because we never see it. Um, but I... I feel pretty confident that he probably could make other hybrids if he wanted to. Heartbeat and breathing. This is never addressed. We have no idea. How do they die? We see a lot of action in this. It's very quick moving and you have to really pay attention. Um, we see them shot, stabbed, sliced open, set on fire and blown up. So pretty much anything that does enough damage will kill these vampires. Um, we don't know if they live forever because that is never discussed. Are they good or are they bad? It's pretty obvious in this world that these vampires are the bad guys and the humans are the good guys. Um, however, we could have a whole philosophical debate about that. We know that they were here possibly before us and then we lock them up in reservations. However, they are trying to eat humans, so I can't really go after the humans for protecting themselves. Tropes I love and tropes I hate. So we're going to start with tropes I hate because there's only one. It's the fast setting sun trope. We see this done in several vampire films where conveniently, and it's not just vampire films, it happens in a lot of horror, where suddenly the sun is setting very quickly. So Priest is on the reservation, he's fighting some uh, familiars, and then he's like, time is up, and they turn around and the sun is like, whoop, gone. I hate that trope. <laughs> Tropes I love. There was actually a few in here that I that I really love. So let's talk about them. I love a good fight on top of a moving train. Has nothing to do with vampires. I know that. However, it did happen in this movie and I do love that trope. We also saw it in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter um, or Vampire Slayer where they're fighting on a moving train. And I, I just absolutely love that trope. I love the idea of chosen people arising, like a, some form of evolution. These people kind of um, show up amongst other humans with the special abilities that they need to fight the vampires. Obviously, we see this in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We saw it with Jeremy and Vampire Diaries. But the idea of like chosen ones, I like that. I think it's pretty cool. And I love the rebelling against the church trope. We saw this in Van Helsing and a few others, but trained by the church, obedient for a while, and finally says, screw you, does their own thing, and goes rogue. I love that trope. And it was very well done in this one. I mean, he threw a head in the middle of church, for goodness sakes. All right, we made it to the ratings. And so far, my voice is holding up, and that is even through like a crisis amidst recording, so I'm doing okay. How scary or evil are the vampires of Priest? I would not want to come across these vampires, and I don't say that very often. They are essentially evolved into straight killing machines. It's never explained exactly how they track 
they have no eyes or ears or nose so how are they tracking where you're at because they're very quick and they come at them with no problem so is it like uh, uh, on the tongue do they taste it on the tongue i don't know we hear them do sort of like a clicking growling roaring and that seems to be the way that they communicate with each other it, it however how are you tracking the prey i understand you're talking to each other but how are you tracking the prey i don't know that being said they're fast they're bad they're very hard to kill they're big and they want to eat humans um a special evolution of human had to occur for the humans to finally overcome the vampires so they are nothing to mess with and the hybrid is even better because he can see he can hear he can smell and he can be in the sun so i am giving the vampires of priest an 8.5 out of 10 stakes to the heart for scariness and evil they lose a point because they are bound by the sun and even though the hybrid isn't there's only one of him and he's ultimately killed not long after his creation just a couple years so that does uh, that hurts him how sexy or alluring are the vampires of priests so as you know a high scare score usually means a low sexiness score and that holds true for this movie usually they get an honorary point for being vampires but i actually am taking that away from the masters because there is no part of them that is human nor would i want on me or in me so they lose all they get a zero out of ten onks for sexiness and allure now black hat is different so he gets his honorary vamp point so that's one right there and yes he is played by carl urban who if you don't know is super duper hot but in this universe he's not carl he is black hat so we need to look at this as far as i can tell he is motivated purely by revenge and the desire to destroy he kidnaps a girl she's completely terrified she doesn't seem remotely interested there does not appear to be any kind of thrall in his abilities which means the vampire human hybrid of priest only gets the one out of ten unks for sexiness and allure it is what it is i can't change the scoring system once i score it that point stays my thoughts i i am not too proud to admit that this is not what i was expecting so it's sort of a future post-apocalypse setting but then the people are dressed like it's old an old-timey western and they use trains for transport so it almost has like a civil war feel to it there's these colonies and reservations the church is in charge of it all and then these priests arise they're trained by the church they overcome the vampires lock them up in reservations and then they're disbanded and just sent back out into the world where they have no families they can't get jobs because they have no hireable skills and they can't go back to their families it's actually very messed up if you think about it the opening is the history of all these different wars where um, we're not fighting other humans we're fighting vampires like the civil war the revolutionary war whatever and um, it was done through animation which i found very very cool and we see that a little bit in, in abraham lincoln because he 
you know, they twist that to make the Civil War about fighting vampires. Um, but this was a very cool idea. And I love when the first few minutes of a movie, especially if it's futuristic or an alternate reality, explains how we got to where we're at before it starts. Some movies just jump in and you spend the first half just trying to figure out what's going on. This doesn't do that, so that helps us out a lot. Um, the writing is a little bit jumbled, I'm gonna say. There are some things that you have to just kind of pick up on. Like, they walk onto the reservation, he said, I thought familiars were illegal. And then it's kind of never talked about, yet we see these uh, familiars everywhere. No one explains why are they there, what will become of them, how come they weren't destroyed, if they're illegal, were they like grandfathered in, so that's a little confusing. I'm assuming that the Black Hat liberated the vampires from the reservations and that's how they escaped because it's never really explained. And is Black Hat like more master than the masters? Because they seem to follow him. So there's a scene where he's walking down the center of town and the vampires are just running around destroying everybody and they seem to be following him. So is he now the master? Is he the king? I don't know, it's not explained. It feels a little bit like they edited stuff out for time, and I think that I would much rather have watched it for another 30 minutes and had that information put in there to make it more streamlined and understandable as opposed to like cutting it for time, but that might have just been me. Maybe other people had no problem following what was going on. This is one that I watched, and I was into it while I watched it, but once it was over, I was like, hmm. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's not great. It's just kind of a movie that I watched. And now I get to say that I saw it and I get to mark it off the list. I can safely say I'm never going to watch this one again. However, if I meet somebody that's like, yeah, I don't really like vampire stuff, but they like sci-fi or they like futuristic movies, like if they like um, Riddick, Chronicles of Riddick or Alien, then I would recommend this is a vampire movie for you to watch because I think you'd really enjoy it. And that's it for Priest. Again, it's neither like, I'm not going to rave about it, but I'm not going to bash it either. It's just a movie that I watched. And someday when someone mentions Priest, I'd be like, yeah, I saw that one and I could talk about it. But um, it didn't wow me. I am going to wrap this up before um, I can't speak anymore. But I don't want to forget to tell you guys about next week. So in honor of St. Patrick's Day, I found an Irish vampire film called Byzantium. So I will be watching that this week and getting it recorded for St. Patrick's Day. Hopefully you guys are doing well and you're warm and you're healthy and um, not feeling icky at all. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying the nice days that we've had and then getting through the ones that are not so nice. Uh, don't forget that we are headed into um, Daylight Savings. So when this drops at midnight on the 12th, two hours later, it's going to go from two to three. So that means we have more daylight. So that is not good for those of us who live in the dark, but I'm happy for those of you who love sunshine and summertime and spring and flowers and all that stuff. So I'm happy for you. I love you all very much. I cannot wait to tell you more about the book as I learn more. Um, uh, my next upcoming appearance is not until June. It's in Philadelphia, but I do hope that some of you will make it out to see me. And I'm hoping 
that the third book will be on my table so that you can have the complete trilogy and all is right with the world. I'm wrapping it up, guys. I love you very much. I wish you wicked hugs and bloody kisses. Good evening.